0: Ryan Ross.
1: Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Dr. Michael Brown. And Dr. Brown, you've been on this program several times, and you, your own words, with your own words, you have said that this is one of the most uh, gut-wrenching, passionate uh, books that you've ever written, and it just really consumed you on, on the spirit of Jezebel. And if you could just let the people at home know what, what you mean by the, the Jezebel spirit or the spirit of Jezebel.
2: Yeah, so when you, when you look in the Bible, the, the most wicked woman who ever lived in the Bible is this woman Jezebel. She was the, the queen. She married King Ahab. She was from another country, so she wasn't an Israelite herself. Uh, she was an idol worshiper, uh, a servant of, of Baal. And when you look at the characteristics of this woman, she she emasculated men. She intimidated by fear. She silenced the prophets. She led Israel into greater idolatry. She's associated with immorality. She's associated with witchcraft. You see these various characteristics about her. And then in the New Testament, Jesus refers to a false prophet. also associated with sexual immorality and idolatry. And he refers to her as Jezebel, which probably wasn't her her real name, but that's how he referred to her. So when we talk about the spirit of Jezebel, whether it's different demonic spirits, whether it's a principality itself, we're talking about the same demonic powers that operated through this woman Jezebel that made her so destructive in the, in the history of Israel, that those same demonic powers are operating today. And in that sense, you can connect the dots. You, it's just like when you go to a doctor and you, and you say, Doc, I've got these different symptoms. And then the doctor, because he's familiar with these different diseases, he asks you a few more questions. And when you respond to certain ways, he goes, ah, that's it. You've got thus and such. That's how it is with the spirit of Jezebel, certain characteristics about how these demonic spirits or one specific demonic spirit, how this operates and the effect it has is recognizable and clear.
1: And I understand this really consumed you, this whole topic of the Jezebel spirit, its war on America. You wrote 70% of the book within a week, and you literally felt on fire in your heart, in your head, in your hands, and hour after hour, day in, day out, you were writing this book. Most of it only took you a week.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, obviously things had been building up inside of me, but this was, this was late in December, the end of last year, and the publisher said, listen, in order to get this book out when we want to get it out, we need to have the manuscript from you by the end of January. And I said, boy, I don't know that I can get it to you that quickly. It may be sometime in February I'm, I'm going to be working hard at it. And then suddenly God moved on me. I was gripped. I mean, documenting this, proving what's happening in America, giving the evidence for it, backing it up with Scripture – I mean, I was consumed. It came pouring out of me, and and I thought, okay, well, I'll just write a little bit more. I'll just write a little bit more. I, I remember one night, it was about one one thirty in the morning. I'm a late night person, and I thought, okay, I, I think you're done. Just just chill. So I I started to slow down and 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 just watch something on on online for a few minutes just to kind of relax. And next thing, it's like two. I, no, I got to write some more. And <laughs> three, then it's four, and I'm starting a new chapter in writing and. I, I was gripped, and, and, and Ryan, I've written well over 30 books now, and I've had God move on me to write, but, but this was uniquely intense, and I would honestly say that the contents of the book are probably the most intense and eye-opening contents of, of any book I've written, especially about America.
1: Now, we're familiar with Jezebel in the Bible, and you explained it. Also, Jesus addresses it in the book of Revelation. So in a general sense, and we'll come back this, to this a little more later, but what is Jezebel's influence on America or around the world, for that matter? But in a general sense, where are we seeing Jezebel's influence? So so let's let's
2: look in America, all right? Let's look at America, and, and let's consider the various things that we're really dealing with today. Uh, on the one hand, we've had the sexual revolution for over 60 years. And, and we, you look at the effects of that, what's, what's happened, and, and today we've got an epidemic of pornography. We've got websites where you can go to, to meet your adulterous partner. We have uh, children as young as eight getting their first exposure to porn. We've, we've never been flooded with sexual immorality like this, the spirit of idolatry, which is the spirit of Jezebel, Uh, the the fact that Americans are turning away from God, the fact that we pursue so many other false gods and the, the idols of this age, that's a manifestation of Jezebel. The radical feminist spirit We're not talking about equal rights for women and treating women with dignity and respect. Of course we want that. We're talking about a radical feminism that despises men, a radical feminism that emasculates men. We have it throughout our entire culture. We've had it for years and years in our sitcoms and and, and different family movies. Instead of Father Knows Best, it's Father's the Idiot and the Jerk, and and Men Can't Be Men Anymore. There's the, the war on the male patriarchy. That's the spirit of Jezebel. We see the spirit of fear trying to intimidate the church, uh, trying to get us to be silent, trying to to get us to back away from our convictions and people terrified to to speak out. And we're not being killed or beheaded, but still there's this spirit of intimidation and fear, uh, the baby-killing spirit. We know in idolatry in in ancient Israel that this was one of the worst abominations that was practiced was the killing of babies. And and we don't just have a situation today where we're talking about having compassion on women that struggle and determine to have an abortion. I mean the the church wants to have compassion and reach out and say, hey, there's a better way. We're talking about the shout your abortion movement. We're talking about frenzied protesters at the Kavanaugh hearings, Justice Kavanaugh, as he was about to be confirmed for the Supreme Court. Women just almost going crazy. How dare you, you take away our right to abortion? You're talking about the rise in witchcraft. Again, Jezebel associated with sorcery and witchcraft in the Bible. The rise of witchcraft in America. Today there are more witches in America than Presbyterians, according to some widely distributed reports these are all the types of things that we can associate together with Jezebel along with the silencing of the prophetic voice. Don't preach repentance. Don't preach holiness. Don't call for repentance. Don't 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 call for people to turn to God. Don't 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 speak out against sin. Even in the church there's an attempt to silence the prophetic voice. You put all these things together. Every one of them connects to Jezebel in the Bible. And and if you go back 50 years in America, We were dealing with different issues, but we were not dealing with these issues like we're dealing with them today. This is absolutely Jezebel at work, Jezebel at war with America.
1: And a little later on the program, we're going to talk about how it affects your life personally. We see it nationally, but it affects your life more personal than you realize, even at this moment. And Dr. Brown, you have dealt with this Jezebel spirit uh, on three specific occasions in your life. I'm sure it's uh, in a minor way here and there throughout the years, uh, even more. But uh, tell, tell the story of what happened when you felt completely attacked by this Jezebel-type demonic power. I was
2: being used by God to preach a message of repentance, a wake-up call to the church in America. I, I had written my first book on the subject, and, and I got attacked. I, I mean, I, I remember when the book came out and the message of repentance came out, and the next thing, I felt this hellish attack against me I had never felt before. I felt completely emasculated spiritually spiritually. I felt like I had no authority. I, 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 instead of running to preach and running to bring the word, I used to love to minister since I started preaching when I was 18 in 1973. It you know, didn't matter where I was flying in the world or where I was going. I couldn't wait to get there. Just loved to make, bring the word. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to speak. I felt totally intimidated. These were things I never, ever dealt with. I felt this attack. Nancy and I felt this hellish attack coming against us. My wife, Nancy, we felt this hellish attack coming against us, bombarded with lies. Nancy getting hit with all kinds of uh, unusual symptoms and sicknesses. It, It was the most bizarre thing. And I remember when the attack came, and I knew Satan's trying to take me out. I knew it. I felt it clearly. And I thought, this is just like Jezebel and Elijah. Not that I was Elijah, but it's the same kind of thing. Jezebel coming against the prophetic spirit, Jezebel coming against the prophetic word. And, and, Ryan, it was so distinct. And this thing went on for several months. And, and Nancy and I felt this hellish presence over us. And, and I, I would pray for hours just to, to kind of get my head above water, just to feel normal. And then, and then God wonderfully broke through and, and brought about change and brought freedom. But a few years later, I was ministering in India and we were confronting the spiritual stronghold of this entire state of 60 million people, the the principal goddess that was worshipped. And God laid on my heart to have a direct challenge to say, who's the real God, this goddess, Kanaka Durga, or the one true God, Yahweh, the God of Israel. I felt to have a prophetic confrontation with this principality, with this demonic power, and a few days before getting there... All of a sudden, I felt this exact same attack hitting me, and I thought, wait a second. Something's going on here. This feels like Jezebel. And I, I went to, to my friend that we work with in India. We were there together, and I, and I said, brother, tell me about this goddess. I said, is there a statue Uh, You know a a famous statue of her. He goes, oh yeah. He said, he said she's this, you know, this giant goddess. Of course, beautiful, so seductive, right? And but he said to me, and she's holding in her hand the head of of this giant that she killed. In other words, there she is, Jezebel, the giant killer, Jezebel, the one intimidating man. And then he said something wild to me. He said, he said once a year. Her followers, her male followers, put on women's makeup and dressed like women. Wow. The whole emasculating thing, I thought, how incredible. And God broke through. We had amazing meetings in that city, the city of Vijayawada. But, Ryan, this is real. We are talking about real demonic powers or a specific demonic principality, and, and you don't take on Jezebel lightly.
1: Now, Dr. Ron, talk about your brand-new book, Jezebel's War on America.
2: So I felt compelled to write this book to wake up the church in America to help us realize what we are dealing with spiritually, to help us connect the dots, and to help us see this is, it's not just a matter of porn over here, abortion over here, or witchcraft over here or radical feminism over here. No, no. It is one demonic attack. You put all these things together. I felt compelled to write the book and to show us how we can defeat Jezebel nationally, what we need to do as a church nationally, and how we can defeat Jezebel personally in our own lives. When we come under this attack, when we connect the dots in our own lives, what we are able to do by God's grace, by God's power, to overcome and to come out victorious.
1: And you did an exclusive three-CD set for us called Defeating the Spirit of Jezebel, which you make it very personal. You, you bring it close to home because, of course, uh, we see what's going on in the news and things on a national and international level. We know how to, through your book, uh, you really teach us how to discern uh, that spirit of Jezebel all around us, and then in your CD series, you really bring it home as how it's affecting you uh, personally, your family, maybe your marriage, just around you. What what is this? What else is this going to do for people?
2: It is going to set people free from a whole lot of bondage. I I minister constantly, but I got on my knees and I said, God, you've got to anoint me to help people on a personal level. I I, I can't just speak truth. That's going to just kind of go out in the air. It's got to hit home. And the Spirit began to move on me about specific situations where people have lost their confidence in God, where there have been attacks on, on, on a man and his manhood and a woman on her womanhood, where, where prophetic authority has been taken from us, where the power to intercede has been taken from us, where, where we've lost our spiritual confidence, where we've been seduced or beaten down. So many areas where we've been impacted by this Jezebelic spirit in, in our lives, in our families, in our marriages – and, and we give you practical steps how to recognize this and then how to break through. And then on, on the last CD, I really asked God for an anointing to pray with authority to break the stronghold to, and for God to come. What I really felt was that he was going to come and restore things that had been stolen. You know, sometimes we get so used to the condition that we're in that we, we don't even realize what's going on. We don't even realize how abnormal it is, how how subnormal it is. And I believe God's going to not just set people free, but restore authority and grace and anointing and confidence to many, many listeners and viewers and readers.
1: That is so good. And I'll tell you, the the correlation between what we see in the life of Jezebel and what we're seeing today, I'm telling you, it completely matches up. And Dr. Brown, in his brand new book, really takes you back in, in the time of Jezebel to, to show you what she was doing then with Ahab, with Elijah, with Jehu. Uh, we're seeing that those same things happen today. And Dr. Brown, if you could hone in a little more on what we saw with Jezebel and what we're seeing today, like with idolatry. Yeah,
2: sure thing. So, We see Jezebel. It doesn't mention anything about her beauty in the Bible. It doesn't specifically mention her about being a seductress early on. But when you get to Second Kings, the ninth chapter, now she's an older woman at this point. She's not the young beauty that she once was. Now there's a new man, Jehu, that's been raised up, and he he is he is putting to death the house of Ahab. So Jezebel's uh, Jezebel's husband. And when, when she sees him coming, it says she paints her face. In other words, she's going to pretty herself up. And she's going to see if she can seduce the next guy. And, and then Jehu refers to her immorality, her immorality and her sorcery. And we know then in Revelation, the second chapter, that Jezebel was a seductress. So you, you see this massive spirit of seduction in America Like Nothing that has ever been seen in world history – this is no hype, this is no exaggeration – but porn and seductive things have never been more available to any generation of human beings in the history of humanity. I I mean you don't just have the crazy things now like sex robots and robot brothels that, that people can go to. Anyone can get online and have a sexual chat or watch any kind of sexual fantasy or find any kind of partner. Things are accessible that have never been accessible. You, you can't get online and go to a sports page or a news page without some seductive image popping up. You can't open your inbox without – there it is in the junk folder. You know, ladies from here or ladies from – whatever whatever the thing is, it's, it's just – Everywhere, So the spirit of seduction, it's in the church. I, I've, I've read the statistics that, that most men in church, many women as well, most men in church watch porn on a regular basis, and maybe even most pastors watch porn at least once a month. So the spirit of seduction, yeah, it's always been here. The Bible talks about it all the time. As long as you've had men and women in the world, you've had seduction, you've had adultery, you've had sexual immorality, but never like we see it today. And and Jezebel has, has in many ways, come out of hiding. Everything is out in the open. In fact, something really fascinating to, to mention here, you know what got me on this subject? Last year, last August, I believe, Pastor John Kilpatrick, Church of His Presence, was the leader of the Browns Rural Revival with whom I served in, in the late 1990s, a dear friend. At the end of his service, he, he got a word, and he said, We need to pray for President Trump. Uh, witchcraft is trying to take down the president. Jezebel is trying to take down the president. And, and he called the church to pray. Well, somehow that clip went viral. And that very week was one of the worst weeks in the Trump administration, and an assault came to try to take him down like nothing had come so far. The video went absolutely viral, and I contacted John Kilpatrick, and I said, man, that was God. The Lord really laid that on your heart to pray. We began to interact, and, and he said, hey, why don't you come and preach for me? I, I had a book coming out, and, and I wanted him to pray for me. And he said, why don't you come and preach for me? And that's when God laid the message on my heart. That's when I began to connect the dots. And it reminded me of something that Jonathan Cahn had said. In fact, I sat in for Sid and, and I interviewed Jonathan Kahn on the TV show uh, about his book where, where it shows the, the template of biblical kings and things like that and how there's so many parallels today. And he talked about Donald Trump being a Jehu kind of figure. And Jehu in the Bible was a zealous king, zealous for the things of, of Yahweh, but also reckless, also overdid things. He did a lot of harm with a lot of the good that he did. And he said it's kind of like Trump, like a, a Jehu kind of figure. And I thought, wow, that is, that is an apt parallel. And then it's ultimately Jehu, this alpha male, who brings Jezebel right out in front and then ultimately defeats Jezebel.
1: And I want to talk a little more about President Trump here in a moment, but before we get to that, uh, it's your your book is very, not only prophetic, but there's, there's real revelation, because when you read your book, because you really talk about Jezebel throughout the whole book, when you read your book, it's like, it was so eye-opening, because we're seeing the same thing today. That's why I believe that this is a now word, because it's going to really open the eyes of so many people, and... And before we talk about President Trump, talk about a couple more areas, like where do we see abortion today as it relates to Jezebel? All right, so
2: in the ancient world, idolatry and baby killing were constantly connected. You see it over and over and over and over, and, and it would be highly unlikely— when this is such a, a major sin in Israel's history, that it was not a major sin in the days of, of, of Jezebel, who was a, a lead idolater, a devoted idol worshiper who brought Israel into sin. So the spirit of baby killing, it has gotten to the point today where the governor of Virginia spoke out in favor of infanticide in some situations. So if a baby survives abortion, if a baby survives abortion and, and maybe the parents were going to abort the baby because of a handicap or something like that, then it's up to the parents and the doctor to decide whether they should let the baby live or kill it. Wow. Now, af- after it is born, you have so-called ethicists who say, yeah, let's, let's be honest about this. There's no difference about killing the baby in the womb or outside the womb. So if this baby has a severe handicap and they're born with it, and and they're going to suffer terribly for for six months or a year and then die. They don't know what's happening. It's compassionate to put them to death. You have now a justification of infanticide, and then with that, radical abortion laws like passed in New York where right up until the moment of delivery, if the woman says, you know, I just can't have this baby, it's mentally more than I can handle, you can abort the baby. You have women... Shouting their abortion, you have the most vehement demonstrations for abortion. This is not a matter of, of compassionate consideration for women who struggle and, and who are really hurting, and you know maybe the woman got raped and she's 15 years old and and she can't have the baby and she's t- oh, okay. We understand there are many difficult situations, but this is one of militant. Shout your abortion. I have the right to terminate this. It's just, it is, it's a lump. It's a lump of cells. It's a massive tissue. It's nothing. It is heartless. It is a massive money making industry. It is the spirit of Jezebel shouting out loud in America.
1: And another powerful revelation in your book is how Jezebel tries to silence the prophetic voice. And if you're in the ministry or associated with a ministry or you have to hear this because th- this is one of the most crucial times in history where uh, Christians need to stand up and proclaim who God is, what God's doing, uh, stand on the word. and uh, we see that Jezebel was strongly opposing Elijah and all prophetic voices of God back in the day. But how does that relate today? We're, we're seeing so many, Pastors, Dr. Brown and leaders shrink back instead of standing up.
2: We we need men of God to rise up and be men of God. We need people clothed with authority who bring a warning to America. I I mean we are literally like the Titanic and, and we are on our way to crash into this massive, massive piece of ice that's gonna destroy everybody and is gonna destroy the so called unsinkable ship. We have so much compromise. We have so much carnality. We're, we're, we're talking about uh, another aspect of Jezebel, the attack on gender. So men can't be men and women can't be women. And, and with that, the rise of, of radical gay activism, we're seeing things in our society that if I got up and prophesied them 10 years ago, people would have said I'm crazy. If I prophesied them 40 years ago, I would have completely discredited myself and nobody ever would have believed me The things would have sounded so extreme. This is normal life today. And when the church should be bringing a wake-up call, when leaders should be sounding the alarm, when, when people should be... Bringing a prophetic word from God. This is what God says to the church in America. We need to repent. We need to get our house in order. If we turn back to God, i will have mercy. When America needs to be confronted, no, you can't talk about sin. No, you can't talk about judgment. No, everything has to be good. I mean, Ryan, a lot of our pastors, they seem more like, like they're giving a pep talk, like they're real estate agents trying to sell you on some new piece of property. They're life coaches here to encourage you and help you fulfill your dream. You know, I've said that the gospel in America is this is who I am, this is how I feel, and God is here to fulfill my dreams and and to please me. No, it's the opposite. This is who God is, this is how he feels, and we are here to please him and fulfill his will. We must wake up and yet... The spirit of the world is such you don't dare speak up. You don't dare address cultural issues. You may lose your job. You may get kicked out of school. You're going to get ridiculed. And then within the church, no, no, don't, don't rock the boat. Don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. We just want everybody to like us. And, and in, the, in the process, we have more of the spirit of Judas than the spirit of Jesus. We are compromised. We're compromised in selling our souls for 30 pieces of, of silver. We need to wake up.
1: Dr. Brown, what was Paul's counsel to Timothy when Paul said to him, a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound doctrine and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. What was Paul's counsel to that spirit coming in?
2: In light of the judgment seat, in light of the return of Jesus, in light of how we will stand before him one day, Preach the word, amen. Rebuke, correct, and encourage. <laughs> it was not be positive, just smile, tell a joke, make everybody happy. That's like a doctor telling a cancer patient, "Hey, take this pill; they'll make you feel better." And 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 just give them some some pep pill while they die of cancer. That's not the gospel. We must confront sin where it is. And Paul is real strong. Rebuke and correct and encourage. That's preaching the word. That's Telling the truth. Those who are hungry and thirsty, they're longing for it. They're desiring it. They're crying out. They're saying, Where are the leaders who'll stand and speak? And and look, people need to be equipped. This is the world we live in. I'm preaching to the choir here. This is the world we live in. Parents are saying, What do I tell my kids? Kids are saying, How do I combat this? Uh, All around us, people are confused that they're in the midst of the spiritual battle and they're not being equipped. The prophetic voice must rise up.
1: Okay, Dr. Brown, here's here's a big one. Let's talk about President Trump uh, versus the Jezebel spirit.
2: All right, so President Trump is an alpha male kind of figure. Whether you love him, whether you loathe him, he is an alpha male. He is all man, all male, got to be tough, got to be strong, got to be macho. I don't care what you think. I don't care how you feel. Vladimir Putin in Russia. He's, he's an alpha male type, type of guy. And it's interesting, he has these topless feminists protesting against him. So here's what happens. When you have someone like Donald Trump, the critics say he's sexist, he's misogynist, he's a womanizer, he's crass, he's crude. The, the people that like him say he's a champion, he doesn't back down, he fights for the people. This type of person. This type of character, for better or worse, is going to bring Jezebel up to the surface, is going to bring the radical feminist spirit up. Yes, we can agree that the president's past was not good. He'd be the first to to agree with that. Yes, we can agree that there are a lot of things he does, and the way he does them makes us cringe. But we also see that, oddly enough, this billionaire playboy, Businessman from New York has become the most pro life president in American history and probably the most outspoken in many years for religious liberty and religious freedom. And this guy won't back down, period. So, what's happened now is it's brought out in these women's marches. Not just women that say, well, we don't like the president's past and we still think he's a misogynist. We don't want him as president. No, it has brought out women who hate men. It has brought out women who hate any type of male authority or male headship in any way. The male patriarchy must be defeated. And and what's happened now with President Trump is now the, the witches have come out to curse him. They've had rallies to curse him. The, the radical abortionists have risen up. The radical feminists, the radical Hollywood seductresses and the entertainers that are so ungodly in their behavior and their personal lives and, and the message they put out, they've all risen up in a coalition together against the president. It, it's almost like as he rose up Jezebel rose up and all the pieces of the puzzle came together and there you saw there she is in all of her ugliness and all of her destructiveness and all of her seductiveness.
1: It really makes total sense when you look at it in light of scripture and how God is using President Trump through his weaknesses and so on and so forth but so eye-opening because it, it really his presidency Dr. Brown really brought a lot of things to the surface like you said. And when I was interviewing Jonathan Kahn and, you know, he's going through all the
2: parallels, and some of them seem more compelling than others, and some of them more striking. And wow. I mean, isn't, that, isn't this fascinating how kind of the same thing that happened then is happening again? When he got to the Jehu part, I remember the audience's reaction as, as well, and the way it struck me. And what, Ryan, in the book, folks, folks have to get it and read it. In the book... I have all the I have descriptions of Jehu from the Bible, you know, about him being reckless and you know, he, he drives recklessly or, or he's a madman and, and the way he's described. I I I then have headlines about Donald Trump where he's called the exact same things that Jehu is called and the way he's described in the Bible. I have headline after headline describing Donald Trump in those very terms, and isn't it interesting in the Bible? It's Jehu who ultimately sees the defeat of Jezebel.
1: Okay, Dr. Brown, you have really opened our eyes, and your book uh, does it thoroughly in your CD set, How the Spirit of Jezebel is affecting our nation in uh, the nations around the world. And uh, But you want to make it clear to the people at home that, that it does affect us on a personal level. Before we talk about how to overcome and defeat it uh, on, a, on a personal level, even national level, uh, what are some of the signs personally that it could be affecting my marriage, my home, my kids, my church?
2: Right. We understand that pornography can affect anyone, and that's not always, quote, the spirit of Jezebel. We understand that, that people could be hit by fear, and that's not always necessarily the spirit of Jezebel. But I'm looking for several things coming together in your life or, or in your marriage. I, I'm looking at the stronghold, the attack that is coming in an intimidating way. So let's say, let's say you're a man. You're not just struggling with porn. But you're getting hit with these fears. You're going to destroy your life. You're going to destroy your marriage. It's all coming down. And when you try to stand up against it, when you try to fight up against you have no authority. You, no, you see, you've sinned. It could never happen. Oh, no, you're defeated. You've gone too far. So it gets the lies with the intimidation. Hitting the same way, it it could be say say the the wife is getting hit in a certain way. There's this constant thing on her. You're not good enough. You're not good looking enough. You're not loving enough. You're not this for your husband. And you're gonna die. And your husband's gonna marry somebody else. And you're getting hit. So he's getting hit with this porn thing. You're gonna destroy your marriage through porn. And, and, and everything's going to come down, and you're trying to fight it, and you can't fight it. She's getting hit with, you're going to die. You're, 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 you're going to die. Your husband's going to marry some young pretty gal, and, and the fear is hitting. And one day you compare notes. It's like, wait a second. We're going to hit with lies from the opposite side, both coming from a different angle, but both with the same thing, trying to destroy our walk with God, destroy our marriage. It's this combination of things together that, that hits and for men, it's emasculating. It, it, it comes with fear and seduction and is emasculating, and it takes away your sense of authority. For women, it's a direct attack on their womenhood. It's also something you can see. Let's say that you were, you were an intercessor, or let's say that you were someone that really stepped out by faith. Now, let's say that you used to bring a prophetic message, and somewhere along the line you get hurt, you get burned, and it's almost like the devil hangs this over your head. You don't dare step out of your little box, or I'm going to crush you. And, and you, you almost make an, an unknowing covenant with the enemy. Okay, I'll stay in my safe little zone here. I won't rock the boat, and you won't attack me, or you won't attack my children. And, and what we have to do is recognize this controlling, silencing, intimidating spirit of fear and spirit of control that comes with Jezebel. It's really important that we don't start calling people Jezebel. Right. You know, so so many women in church who are anointed by God with a strong calling on their lives and an insecure pastor says, Well you're just a Jezebel. We don't want to be calling people Jezebel, but we want to be recognizing how Jezebel can work it, it spiritually directly to us, or through people. Sometimes even unknowingly, to try to attack us. So it's a spirit we're dealing with, not a person. It can come through a man, it can come through a woman, and it can attack a man. It can attack a woman.
1: Well, let me ask you this: uh, You know, with with my kids, with with my son being in baseball, uh, you, you you you're around these other uh, coaches. You're around other parents. I tell you what you you hear a lot in the world today, uh, Christian circles or non-Christian circles, is uh, everything from, well, President Trump is like this, and and, th- and this guy over here, you overhear him talking about uh, something else that's in your book, uh, sexual immorality. Then, then you know, with my daughter, she rides horses, and, and these women over here are away from God and, and talking bad about their husbands, and then you go to the grocery store and, and you see filthy magazines there, you know, just when you're checking out. And, and so your book really opens people's eyes. That you feel, you almost feel that spirit coming from every angle. You know, if you have kids in public school, they come home with some kind of weird assignment. There it is again. Like I said, you're at your, you're at your kids' uh, ball game. You hear something coming from this angle. I mean, what would you speak to all that?
2: What I'd say is when you recognize this is not just, well, you know, I'm getting a little bit tempted with lust here and, and I need to resist it better. No, no, no. There's a demonic spirit that is out to destroy you. It's, it's almost like one of these sci-fi movies where a woman looks like a beautiful woman, but when she goes to kiss you, she's actually an alien, you know, and fangs come out of her. So it, it's that kind of thing. You need to see the fangs behind it. You need to understand that that beautiful woman is about to pull a knife and stab you in the back when she gets you close enough. Or that good-looking guy is about to, to, to pull you down to hell with him. When we recognize we're dealing with spiritual forces... When we recognize – and in the book, I talk a, have a whole chapter just dealing with the rise of pornography, how it affects the brain, how it's like other addictions that, that people need to be delivered from. But when you connect the dots and say, wait a second, Satan is trying to take down America through a spirit of seduction, and Satan is trying to take me down. Satan is trying to take my family down. This is not just a matter of, of me indulging a lustful flesh for a little bit. You know, it's like having an ice cream cone and indulging the flesh one way. So porn or sexual morality, it's indulging the flesh another way. No, no, no. This bites. This is demonic. And the better we understand that, the better we see Satan behind the seduction, the more we'll flee from it, the more we'll be on the alert the more we can equip our children to be on the alert. You know, it, I, I was moving some stuff out in our yard the other day, and Nancy said to me, you've got to be careful there. there. There can be snakes. Well, you better believe I'm going to be careful. I'm, I'm looking for those snakes because I know those snakes are not there to, to play. They're there to bite, and they can be poisonous, and they can kill. So that must be our attitude. We must see Satan the snake behind these things and recognize he knows our weak spots. He knows the way in. He's diabolical and crafty and with his demons. He's been watching human beings and seducing human beings. This is not something we play with. The good news is Jesus is the victor. The good news is in him we overcome. The good news is all authority in heaven and earth belongs to him. We don't have to be afraid of Satan, but we cannot play games. This is meant to kill us and destroy us.
1: Let's talk a little more about how to overcome the spirit of Jezebel and defeat it in our own lives. And as you make it clear in your book, there there is so much coming at a Christian, uh, not only things that are coming at a Christian, but how do I deal with it and how do I stand up and, and just as a Christian? So one of your first keys is when you hear about the rise of abortion, when you hear about the rise of sexual immorality, when you hear about the uh, toothless gospel is being raised up greater than the, the gospel, the way it should be preached. Your first key is fear not.
2: Yeah. The, once you connect the dots, which is big, it's a big purpose of the book, and it's what God opened up to me. Once you connect the dots, now you realize, oh, this is what we're de- We're dealing with a Jezebelic attack. With the Jezebelic attack comes the spirit of fear. Elijah, the great Elijah, after calling down fire from heaven and killing the 450 false prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, when Jezebel hears about it, I'm going to kill He's going to be dead by tomorrow. Elijah runs. Now, now, that was his one moment of fear. But the great Elijah was intimidated by fear. So the first thing we got to realize, fear paralyzes and suffocates and debilitates and, and torments. And throughout Scripture, God says, fear not, fear not. In the natural, in ourselves, we're no match for demonic power. But in God, we overcome. So we meditate on the scriptures. We take hold of the word. We speak it out. We recognize that the greater one lives inside of us. And and as we take hold of this, the intimidating power is broken. We are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not our strength, but his it's fine to say, God in myself, I'm worried, I'm scared, I, I, I feel like I'm about to be crushed, but in you, I overcome, and in you, there is no fear. So fear not. That's where we start.
1: Another key uh, that you mentioned in your CD set is put on the divine armor of God.
2: Yes. Look, it, it, it's almost like a Superman cape or something, and if you put on the Superman cape, you take on Superman powers. And, and when people shoot you and it hits the cape that the bullets fall to the ground, we are putting on God's armor. In, in other words, and, and I open this up in the book and then in greater depth in the CD series, it is one of the great, amazing truths in Scripture when you compare some passages in, in, in Isaiah with Ephesians that the armor we put on is metaphorically the armor that God himself wears, the helmet that he wears, the breastplate that he wears. We know the, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So think of it. We do not defeat Jezebel with our weapons, but with God's weapons, which are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10. Again, in the CD series, I, I really opened this up. And, Ryan, I re- I'm not just saying this. I really felt an anointing to teach on it and to pray for the people on these CDs so that they really supplement the book, and, and they completely fill out how we overcome and defeat Jezebel on a personal level. But, yes, we literally put on... The armor that God himself wears, he wears it metaphorically, we wear it metaphorically, but that's what we wear. So we fight Jezebel in God's strength. Man, it's no contest when we look at it like that.
1: And there's other keys that you lay out in your CD set and how to uh, overcome and defeat the spirit of Jezebel in your own life, and and it's really going to help people. And before we go, people are not always in a place where they can uh, maybe be influential in changing laws. You know, we can, we can do what we can, of course. But what, it, what is the number one thing that your Christian that loves the Lord, what can they do uh, to defeat the spirit of Jezebel, or at least play a part in uh, standing together in, in uh, defeating the spirit of Jezebel on a national level?
2: First, recognize what's happening so we know our enemy look, if the enemy's shooting from the West and and we're fighting back to the East, we're not going to win. So first we connect the dots, a major purpose of the book. We recognize now the spiritual enemy that we're dealing with. And here's what has to happen. We give ourselves to fasting and to prayer. We turn away and repent and get our own houses in order where there's sin in our midst. And then we begin to raise up as a prophetic people. We must together as a body rise up and swim against the tide and go against the grain and speak truth to power without backing down in whatever sphere we find ourselves. And uh, uh, an amazing thing, Jehu sees Jezebel. She's up in a window. Jehu says, who's on the Lord's side? And there are two or three eunuchs there, castrated males, And they throw her down on the ground, and she dies. This is a spiritual picture. We're not trying to hurt someone physically. But the castrated males, Ryan, the castrated males must rise up. Men who've been emasculated and lost their sense of spiritual authority and manhood, they must rise up, and women must rise up as women of God. And as this happens, Jezebel will be defeated in America.
1: Dr. Brown, will you pray for the people at home, whatever the Lord lays on your heart?
2: Father, I pray for a spirit of revelation that you would open hearts and open eyes and open minds that Jezebel will be unmasked, that Jezebel will be revealed, that we will recognize the work and craft of the enemy. And I pray, Father, for a spirit of, of faith that will overcome fear, a spirit of faith and joy and confidence to rise up as we put jezebel under our feet in jesus name show us lord where we've fallen show us lord where things have been stolen from us show us lord where we've been deceived open our eyes grant us repentance where we've sinned may we stand in holiness faith and authority and together O god see the defeat of this wicked spirit in our lives and in our nation in jesus name
1: Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Dr. Michael Brown. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get the special resource.
0: Right now, there's a satanic plot to destroy America, beginning with an all-out assault on believers. And it is with the ancient spirit of Jezebel. In Dr. Michael Brown's brand-new book, Jezebel's War in America, he wants to unveil the very plans of Jezebel that seek to destroy. But this spirit is not just after America, but your own family. And in his exclusive brand-new three CD set, Defeating the Spirit of Jezebel, Dr. Brown mentors and equips you with the tools to defeat the spirit of Jezebel in your life. Call now for Dr. Brown's brand new book, Jezebel's War on America, an exclusive three CD set, Defeating the Spirit of Jezebel, for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot Dr. Brown's brand new book, Jezebel's War in America, an exclusive three CD set, Defeating the Spirit of Jezebel, offer number 9625 for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9625. Once again, that's offer number 9625.